0: You know a senior kitty can still have a wonderful life they can still be out there exploring they can still have um, lots of other experiences with the family so it's not really a reason to back away from adopting seniors join us
1: as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts learn from them listen to their war stories celebrate their wins and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey Welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara.
2: And I'm Daniel.
1: Today we're learning all about adopting older cats, training them to be cat explorers, and managing a younger cat and an older cat while you're cat exploring. Before we jump into that, we would love to say a huge thank you to our wonderful Cat Explorer producers who have made this season possible. A huge thank you to our season seven co-producers, Roxy the Kitty, Ziggy and Charlie, Luna Misty Blue, Adami, Mac, Patch and Ava, and Bowie the Siberian. If you love what Cat Explorer does and you'd love to support us, we would love it if you could join the Cat Explorer Purse Squad. There's information on how to do that in the episode description of your podcasting app. Today's review is from Flickensy365. I've learned so much about what cats can do and how to give my cat an enriched life from this podcast. I love how accessible it is, supporting new Cat Explorers with Baby Steps, while also inspiring us with amazing Cat Explorer heroes. Keep it up. Thank you so much, for kenzie 365 We really do appreciate your review. We would love it if you could leave a review for the Cat Explorer podcast wherever you listen. We've got instructions on how to do that in the episode description of your podcasting app. Thank you.
2: We're really excited to chat to our guests today, because not only have they trained one Cat Explorer, they've trained two at two different times and ages as well. Kitty Mojito has been cat-exploring for a while while her 12-year-old brother, Lynx, only joined the family recently and has just started. We're keen to dive into what it's been like to train two different kitties with their mum, Zafrina. Welcome to the podcast, Zafrina.
0: Thank you for having me. So we'd love to hear about Kitty Mojito. How did she come into your life? Kitty Mojito um, was adopted about seven years ago. Uh, we saw her at an adoption event in our city. My husband was the one who actually saw her, and then um he came back and said, "Hey, there's this cute little kitty. Um, how do you feel about adopting now At that point, I wasn't really into adopting an animal to be honest. I've had a cat before when I was young, but when we moved to a new city, I wasn't really wanting to you know take care of another." Well, I guess another little person. Um, So I wasn't too thrilled about it, but he was like, hey, let's just go and have a look. And then, you know, the next day we went in, there she was. And um, somehow he convinced me to adopt her. So we adopted her seven years ago from uh, our local rescue. It's called Whisker Rescue. The adoption event is through PetSmart. So... That's how she came into our life.
2: That's a cute story, and one that's very similar to ours, I think, in many ways. And then, so you've actually added another kitty to your family now recently. How did Lynx come into your family?
0: Lynx was actually a medical foster. Um, Last October, you know, I was just um, going through our local rescue sites, and there was a shout out asking, hey, can anybody foster this 12-year-old kitty who had um, several medical issues? And it was sort of like an urgent foster situation. We've always wanted to get a second kitty um, to kind of keep a mojito company, but she was used to being the only cat for seven years, so we weren't really sure how that would work out. But when this foster opportunity came by, I thought, hey, why not? try fostering because then at that point we would be able to see how she handles having another cat um, in her home and because he was sort of like a urgent urgent situation um, we decided to give it a shot he has a lot of medical issues so um, there was a lot of um, you know I guess consulting with the vets and the rescue before we were able to bring him home um since he has like heart issues thyroid issues a whole a whole bunch so we decided you know he's 12 there's a lot of senior cats that don't end up getting forever homes just because of their age a lot of people are kind of overwhelmed having to take care of a senior kitty but um we were in a position to be able to care for kitty with medical needs so we thought why not and that's how literally I told my husband you know what we're gonna we're gonna foster him we fostered him for about a month and then I decided it was kind of like a individual decision I guess I didn't quite consult my husband but (laughs) I decided that you know what I'm not gonna give him up I'm just gonna keep him because he fit in with our family really well not so much with Kiri Mohiro, but with the both of us. Um, and I decided, you know what, we're just gonna keep him. I contacted the rescue and said, as long as all his medical paperwork, um, you know, he's cleared, cleared with whatever that he had going on at that point. Um, they sent the adoption papers, I signed it, I paid the adoption fees and that was it. <laughs> and then I told uh- my husband. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I, I wanted to ask about having a medical foster like is because I'm guessing that does require you to have to give him medication and potentially take him to the vet a bit more than you normally would um what kind of support did you get for that and then did you like from the rescue and did you um like is there what is it different to applying to having a normal foster cat do they expect you to have certain skills to give that medication or is it just making sure that you have the time and the means to look after them
0: right um so it is made, the most important thing would be having the time um and then like they they don't specifically say finances but that's a huge aspect of uh, fostering um or adopting I guess a kitty with the medical histories because when you foster the rescue pays for all the vet visits the medication everything is done through the rescue they would e- they even give you like the food and the litter and all that stuff but making that decision to go from fostering to adopting um you have to make sure that you're in like a good position to take care of a kitty like that because with him he takes uh, four different medications twice a day it's a challenge to give him his medication but you know I try my best to mix it with his food he sometimes eats it sometimes he won't but because he has several issues I have to make sure that you know his medication is given on time so most of the time I'm up at five six in the morning um even though i'm not going to office anymore i still wake up early enough so i give him his meds on time so it is um it's not something to take lightly because his life literally depends on his medication because he has heart issues as well as um thyroid issues which translate into other issues related to thyroid so it's it's very important that you're prepared and as cute and adorable and sweet as he is and he's a Bengal so a lot of people I guess are fascinated by breeds. Um, You just have to make sure that you know that you're 100% focused on the cat and you know making sure their needs are met so adopting a senior kitty is so awesome. Even if they don't have any medical issues, which is one of the reasons that we wanted to adopt a senior kitty, because um, our, with our social media we try to encourage people to take in cats that usually would kind of get overlooked. So that's how we decided. Um, you know, links will be up forever. Forever kitty.
2: Well, I have to commend you guys on your effort and heart in doing those sort of things, and it's so great to see. Can you just talk us through a little bit more as to why it's so important to adopt senior kitties?
0: Um, I think the main reason would be the fact that they still have a lot of love and a lot of life left in them. Even though they're 12, 13, 14, um, if you care for them well enough and make sure their needs are met, some cats can you know, live up to 18, 19, 20 years. So there's still a lot of life ahead of them. Um, I know a lot of people are hesitant to adopt senior kitties because it's twofold because one thing is they think a senior kitty is um, harder to take care of because they obviously just like humans they um, you know they have sometimes they might have health issues or behavioral issues sometimes that come with um, getting older and having health issues it all kind of um translates into one another and the second part is that they think oh why would i adopt a kitty who who might you know pass away in a year or two so that's sort of a mindset a lot of people have when it comes to seniors but we want to try and um show people that you know a senior kitty can still have a wonderful life they can still be out there exploring they can still have um lots of other experiences with the family so it's not really a reason to back away from adopting seniors i must add though um, adopting a senior is a lifelong commitment so it's not a decision to be taken lightly so but if you you know if you have the time and the means and the love in your you know in your home um, why not shelters put down senior kitties all the time just because they're seniors so if we can do something to avoid that and give a little 12 13 14 year old a home that i think that would be awesome
2: definitely agree there and i think there's also a lot of benefits to yourself as well in terms of you know the love that they can give you and the happiness and joy that they can bring into your household and life that can't be discounted either
0: definitely Lynx is a very um, cuddly, a very loving kitty. Um, kitty Mojito is a very independent, very strong willed, You know, she's a bit of a diva. She, she'll come to you in her own terms. She's also very loving, but in a different way. Lynx likes to be close to you all the time. He loves to cuddle. He loves to follow you around. He's very chatty. So, you can literally have a conversation with him and he'll answer you back because he's very talkative. Um, Another thing with him is one of the issues that he has specifically is that he cannot meow. He doesn't have, you know, like a regular cat meow. Um, We were told that he was uh, attacked by a dog at some point, which hurt his vocal cords. So, he kind of talks. In sort of like a whisper, almost. So when you talk to him, you don't talk to him in your regular voice. I would always use like a whispery voice. So we have a huge, like a really long conversations with our whisper voices. So um, oh, that's cute. Yeah, so that's one of the ways that he likes to communicate. He'll he'll t- talk to you. He'll t- He'll actually tell you, like, oh, he wants to go outside. He'll sit by the patio door and kind of talk to you saying hey let me out let me out if you don't respond then he starts using his paws and you know scratching and stuff like that but he's a very vocal kitty um yeah so that's basically life with links
2: <laughs> so we're talking about life with links and I want to add to that how does life with links and kitty Mojito together uh work out so do they get along
0: no they don't <laughs> mainly because um she used well she's used to being the only cat for so long um we've had her for seven years, like I mentioned before, and then he comes along, so she is very i guess possessive of her things, the surrounding um her food, her toys, and then. Both of us, my husband and myself, so she's very possessive of everything that's around her. She's getting a bit better now it's been about i think it's been about nine months since Lynx came um to live with us, so she's getting better slowly, but she still doesn't like him. She would um she does some really naughty things. she would kind of sit outside the patio door kind of um and then as he's walking in he she would ambush him she chases him all the like all around the living room um she likes to kind of hunt him almost sometimes um some like for the most part i feel like it's play because she's never really aggressive or um her body language doesn't show that she's really angry or aggressive with him but there were times, times um, a few times that we've kind of caught her going for his neck which I don't think that she was trying to kill him but and from what I've read like cats do play like play with each other by like biting their necks I guess but it's something that we are very mindful of and we watch them um when they're you know around each other we watch very carefully to make sure that she doesn't hurt him another thing that i should mention is that kitty mojito does not have front claws when we adopted her she was already declawed which by the way is a big no-no for anyone who's listening um but lynx has really sharp claws so he doesn't really fight back aggressively but he does kind of assert himself and pull his claws out and says hey stop bugging me or I'll use them so we've caught them in that kind of situation too it is a work in progress um I think it'll take a lot longer than I anticipated to get them to be friends
2: I like the point you make about the play and it's sometimes it's hard to tell sometimes and it's sometimes borders like between you know it looks it looks aggressive but it's still play and it's it's a very fine line so how did you introduce lynx and kitty mojito to each other
0: okay so this is an interesting story because when i decided to adopt lynx um with my veto vote i brought him the rescue brought him in and said because it was an kind of like an urgent situation. Um, they were like, okay, we're bringing him in. Can you take him on X whatever day it was? And they brought him and all his stuff. And um, I didn't actually get a chance to introduce them the proper way, which thinking back, I actually should have. Um, usually they say, you know, keep them separate in separate rooms till they get used to each other's smells give them time to kind of get used to um, having another cat in the home. However, uh, from all the reading I did and all my plans kind of went out the door, um, the day that Lynx came here, um, I opened the cage and let him out. <laughs> so it wasn't really a proper introduction, which I think, um, I think if I had introduced them, with a bit more purpose and planning maybe they might be friends but it was one of those sport of the moment things that you know he was coming and I had everything prepared for him and then before I could actually introduce him properly to Kitty it's just one of those things like okay here he is now he lives here (laughs) so (laughs) that's how the introduction part went
1: It's so interesting you say that because I find like I read a lot of cat behaviour books, I speak to a lot of behaviours, speak to a lot of vets, speak to a lot of people in our community and sometimes I'm just like, okay, when we're going to do this particular activity, these are the steps we're going to follow but then you're in that activity and suddenly all those steps just go out the window. Um, Sometimes it might be circumstances like you just need to rush through it or like in your case, like Lynx was coming and you just had to, Make him comfortable or things like that, and um, I think sometimes we all like I well, this is what I tell myself I think I think, and maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better, but I'm like we need to feel um be kinder to ourselves because you can't always follow those logical strict steps, even though it might be better to and then do our best to try and make up for it later on, which sounds like what you're trying to do now is um in terms of developing their relationship, but Yeah, it's funny how in our heads we're like, we're going to follow these steps. And then you get there and you're just like, all those steps are out the window.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Because, you know, I had my list of things that I was going to do to introduce them and, you know, make um, Kitty comfortable as well with having links here. But, you know, life happens and it just happened that he was just roaming around and getting used to his new home. Right away, and she didn't really have a chance to kind of adjust to him being there. So I think she's still adjusting. But um, in hindsight, it may have worked out differently if I had taken the time or planned it a bit better that they would be introduced um, to each other in a more calm and more, um, I don't know, in a more I don't even know
2: what the word is. Okay. but Calculated uh, or measured. I yeah, I guess more calculated, yeah. but like, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say to that, like what well, Hasara said, that in a perfect world, that's how you would do it. And you had all the best intent going into it to try and do it that way. But I, like we know in life, it doesn't always happen that way. And sometimes we have tried it that way and it actually hasn't worked out well for some reason. Like it just you know, you follow the step, and the step doesn't work in your own situation for a particular reason because your cat's personality is different, or you know, the the conditions are slightly different that it doesn't work, and yeah, you know, it just happens mm-hmm. that way, and that's life, and you have to adapt to it and you know, work around it as best you can. So now, I want to jump into cat exploring because you mentioned it a little bit before with links and how he's got that dialogue going where he tells. You, he wants to go outside and so forth. So, can you tell us what kind of cat exploring you do with Lynx and Kitty Mahida?
0: Um, with Kitty, we started taking her out uh, as soon as we adopted her. Actually, um, she was one when we adopted her, and then as soon as we got her, we, you know, we put a harness on her. We took her out um, to like pet shops and stores. Nothing too serious, but just to get her used to being outside with people and crowds and um, just being comfortable in the car. Um, That's one of the things that she hates. She does not like car rides at all. She will yell and scream and cry the whole time she's in the car. As long as it's moving, as soon as it stops, she's fine. But um, we do kind of keep, um, I guess... We keep encouraging her to, you know, be more comfortable in the car. We put, like, cushions and blankets and everything that we can to make her feel comfortable in the car. Um, We take her out. Well, we've taken her um, to parks and trails and the river. We've um, gone up, well, not gone up mountains, but um, recently we went to Banff, which is, this beautiful mountain town here in Alberta. Um, So we've done that. We've taken her canoeing, uh, which she loved. We've been canoeing several times already. Um, But we don't really do a lot of, I guess, exciting exploring. Um, Most of our exploring is limited to our local trails. We live around um, a lot of great um, like walking trails and little mini parks. So those are some of the places that we um, take both of them just to keep them um, accustomed to going outside. Because one thing we find is that um, it's great to go on like great big adventures and um, you know do a lot of fun things. But if you stop, then the next time you want to do something with them, you're starting from um, scratch all over again because they've forgotten what it's like to be in the car or be in the stroller or backpack or whatever. So consistency, I guess, is key when it comes to exploring with any animal. So we try to, you know, do small things, even if it's like taking them out for a walk in our um, parking lot sometimes, um, just to kind of keep them at it so they don't forget.
2: That's such great advice and something that we strongly believe in as well, because currently this is July 2020 and we still have COVID all around the world. So it's been tough the last few months to take your cat out sometimes and go exploring. And we've definitely been in that situation. So we've tried to combat that in a number of ways, but we are also mindful that you know they won't have the same level of, I suppose, experience and um, ability as they did before out to anyway sorry before covid just because we haven't been to those places in a while although we've been trying to do little things in the backpacks and strollers and around the apartment block but there there is also that consideration that they haven't been to some of the more noisy places or the trails in a while i must say though you i think you downplay a lot of what you do because you do a lot of pretty cool stuff and it's quite a variety (laughs) of things that you do so I wouldn't discount it, and the canoeing, especially like being out in the water and canoeing, it's no mean feat. So it is quite special what you guys do, and it's you know not insignificant. Now I do want to touch on the canoeing because that is pretty cool. How did you get, how did you get um, your cats to go canoeing, and what was it like being out in the water?
0: We took her canoeing um, last summer. That's when we actually started um, to take her out on the water. It wasn't something that, um, you know, it wasn't like a planned thing. We were going out to the lake and we thought, hey, like, why don't we take Kitty with us? Because we take her out to many other places. Maybe she can, like, you know, hang out on the beach and play with water. She's not totally opposed to water. But, you know, as many cats, she's not thrilled with actually you know, getting her feet wet and things like that. But um, we took her once. um, When we were at the lake, we decided, hey, let's rent a canoe. Um, And then we just hopped on there. She was in her backpack, so she felt safe. Um, At the very beginning, once we were sort of getting settled in, um, she was, I wouldn't say scared, but she was quite nervous about this new surrounding uh, because she was in her backpack and which she kind of associates with a safe place she just sat in there and you know as we got settled in and we paddled onto the lake um she you know started coming out of the backpack she would poke her head out it was really interesting to see how she reacted to just being kind of rocked by the waves um there were like I have some videos and photographs on Instagram where You can actually kind of see her, um, you know, like taking in the the scent of the um, surrounding and you can kind of see her eyes close a little bit. It's almost like she's kind of rocking herself to (laughs) not so much to sleep, but maybe she's trying to calm herself from freaking out. But it's this really interesting expression she had on her face where it was like a total Zen moment. I was really lucky to like capture it on film, but um, we were out on the lake for about I would say about a couple of hours the first time, and she she just relaxed. She got out of the backpack. She walked up and on the canoe. Um, we still had her harness and her leash on, so she was safe. She would um, she even sat on my husband's lap while he was uh, paddling, and then she poked her head over like over the canoe to see the water so she got comfortable really quickly but we were very mindful because you never know how cats react sometimes she might see I don't know a bug or a fish or something and decide to take a closer look so we held on to her really tightly the whole time but she really kind of got comfortable and um it wasn't one of those things where we were freaked out the whole time that she would jump off the canoe or anything like that. After, you know, after about an hour or so, we noticed she was comfortable. So we, we just let her hang out. And when she got tired or when she wanted a little, you know, a little quiet, she would hop back into the backpack. And I think, I think at one point she did go to sleep because the rocking, um, of the canoe kind of put her to sleep, so that was our first experience of canoeing with her and Then we realized, okay, she's really comfortable, she really enjoys this, so we went back a few times and um the second time was really easy. She just sat in the backpack till we're ready to go, and then she hopped off and she hid under the seats for a while, and after a while, she would just you know just chill and enjoy the sights and the sounds and um yeah so we're really excited to to take her again we were actually supposed to go tomorrow but uh, the river isn't very safe right now so we will be doing that over the next few weeks so we're really excited for that
2: i really love how she really took to that rocking motion and really sort of put herself in sync with it to you know maybe combat it a little bit but I also like how you guys really just kept an eye on her to make sure that she was okay and, you know, watched her mood and her expressions and just made sure that she settled in well and were ready for, you know, anything in case she wasn't so good. But it's really cute to see that she, she really did well on the canoe. Now, you mentioned, you know, this other stuff that Kitty Mahita was pretty good with, and one of that is crowds and noises because I understand she's been to several festivals can you talk us through how she does with the crowds and how that all came about
0: um she does do really well with crowds Um, I think the main reason is because we are around her she associates safety with myself um, and my husband so as long as we're there and we're calm she feels safe enough to be around a lot of people um we have taken her to several festivals there is a festival called pets in the park which happen every year um, in our city it's a local festival and it's basically a lot of different um i guess a lot of different vendors a lot of different um food stalls activities related to pets um, it's the only time that we can actually take animals to the park. It's one of the bigger parks that usually don't allow um, animals. So, But this is the only time you can actually take your pets there. We've taken her there a few times now, a few years. And um, usually we walk around, kind of check out all the activities. She's in the backpack. Um, I have the top of the backpack open, so she can pop out and have a look, or she'll just look through the bubble. Um, So again, she feels safe enough in the backpack and with us around that she doesn't mind all the strangers that want to look at her and take her picture and all that. Um, She also does something called a photo walk that we've uh, been doing for the past couple of years. It's hosted by one of our local bloggers. So she basically um, takes groups of people and um, shows them all these great walls um, around our city. Basically, she calls them Instagrammable walls because they're sometimes huge murals or different um, interesting textures, colors, things like that. So it's usually a couple of hours long, anywhere from two to three hours. So we're walking um, to different parts of the city, taking pictures with these walls and kind of learning about the artwork um, behind them, the artists behind them. Sometimes um, she'll talk about like the local businesses. We go to, usually the walks would have a couple of food stops where some of the businesses would um, sponsor certain food items as part of the walk. So it takes a couple of hours and um, she's done that three years now. Um, I think that would be six different walks, five or six. Um, so she's quite used to being around crowds in the sense that she doesn't walk on the leash when there's so many people, um, but she's always in her stroller or in the backpack. And it started by just getting her used to going to the store, being around a couple of people and then Sometimes while we're walking in the trails, she'll see a couple of people. So she's not a stranger to people. Um, she feels comfortable enough that she's not going to like run off or anything like that. But um, it takes practice, like I mentioned before, consistency. We keep taking her out to places where not they're not huge crowds, but you know they're big enough that um she's comfortable with the crowd but not so big that she feels overwhelmed.
2: Yeah, it's about acclimatizing and just like you said consistency. I want to jump into the the pet festival for a second. Are there other pets there as well and how does she if there are how does she do with them?
0: Yes, the pet festival um usually has a lot of different animals like you can bring any type of animal, basically, if they're your pet. So there's a lot of dogs. Um, We've seen ferrets. We've seen, what else have we seen? Um, Like birds, sometimes people would bring their pet birds. Um, Some cats. We've seen snakes. We've seen a few interesting animals there. And she... um, I guess i wouldn't say she's scared like i said she's always in the backpack especially with so many dogs around um and she's also quite i want to say friendly with dogs i don't know how because the whole time we've had her we've never had a dog so i don't know why she's so comfortable with dogs but um she would just sometimes at home like we live in an apartment so down the hallway, there's a couple of dogs that live down a hallway. um So when they come out to go on their walks, and if she happens to be outside because she likes to run up and down the hallway, she would approach them. She would go right up to them. So she has no fear of dogs, which is not very good because she's tiny and these dogs are like humongous dogs. Some of them are like Great Dane-sized dogs, but she thinks she's a big shot in her mind so she would just walk (laughs) up to them like hey (laughs) so she seems to be quite comfortable but again um we make sure she's harnessed and leashed so we don't want any accidents happening so when it comes to the festivals she's not um she's not scared of any of the dogs that are there they're all leashed it's not um then it's not like they're running around; they're all leashed, and she would usually just watch. Uh, we, I guess, we've had a few dogs that approach us, but again, we keep our distance. Even though sometimes the owners say that hey, the dogs are friendly, you never know. So we always keep our distance, um, and she's she'll watch from her backpack where she feels safe, and um, we do let her out further away from the festival because it's a humongous park there's lots of trees and stuff so we let her kind of roam around climb a few trees eat some grass and things like that away from all the other animals but she's quite used to seeing a lot of other animals
2: Hmm. and I'd say like the controls that you put in place are pretty good for managing those sort of situations like you know having her in the backpack and you know still you know still uh, leaving, keeping your distance away from leash dogs, even though they might be friendly and whatever, and then finding quiet places where there's not a lot of distractions and dogs or other people to then let her out and uh, sniff a few um, blades of or eat a few blades of grass or sniff a few trees and plants. I do want to jump into Lynx now and talk about Lynx's cat exploring experiences. First of all, Lynx is an older cat, and a common question that we get. Is that how do you train an older cat to walk on a leash? How did you train Links, and did you find it much different to training Mojito?
0: We trained Links pretty much the same way we trained Mojito. Is the first thing we did was uh, get him used to wearing a harness. Sometimes um, a lot of people think that oh, when you put the harness on, and the cat just flops over no interest at all and they don't want to move they just lay there that means that the cat is you know not interested in the harness or doesn't want to wear the harness but I want to kind of let everyone know that that is one of the most common things that cats do as soon as you put something foreign on their body they would just it's not comfortable for them it's something different um so they would usually just lay down, which is exactly what Lynx did. He he flopped on his side and then he kind of started walking like he doesn't know how to walk. So he like stretched himself out and then just walked like, you know, he was almost like crawling, but that didn't mean that he didn't want the harness or didn't like the harness. It was something new and something different. Um, So just like training Mojito, we kept putting the harness on him. Um, It took a little while, I would say probably a few weeks, until he got used to wearing the harness. Um, One of the other things that I did was also I started making him wear a bandana just so he gets used to having something around his neck. And in short spurts, it's not like you would... Put the bandana or the harness on and leave it for hours at a time you would put it on for i don't know maybe five ten minutes and then you know give them a small treat to kind of say hey this is a positive thing and then you take the harness off and then you know a few hours later or maybe the next day you try it again for a little bit longer give them another treat positive reinforcement so um he got used to the harness fairly quickly. And once he was used to the harness, um, we started kind of walking with him um, on the leash inside. We would let him, you know, kind of walk up and down the living room. And eventually we started taking him up to the hallway and have him walk um, with the leash on down the hallway. So it took, a, I would say, a few weeks um, to maybe a month or two until he kind of got used to it. He did get accustomed to it quite quickly, but we kind of kept practicing him with him for a couple of months before we actually took him outside. Um, Like I said, he's only been with us for nine months now, um, and he's already been down to the river. We walked trails, the river trails with him. Um, He walks really well on a leash, um, almost better than Mojito. Um, and then we've taken both of them up to Banff where we walked with them in parks and then around the frozen lakes and all that. So it's very similar to just training maybe a younger cat. You just have to, again, be consistent with the training. Sometimes it might take um, a senior cat a bit longer to get accustomed to a harness Um, depending on the cat but it's not something that you should shy away from it's very very possible and if my almost 13 year old can walk up and down the river trails I'm sure any other senior cat can get accustomed to wearing a harness and a leash
2: Mm, and that's great advice and a great experience from yourself now you mentioned that Lynx and Kitty Mahita have both been cat exploring together. You, you took them to Banff. Now, how do you manage those experiences? And do you do anything differently for each of their cat exploring experiences because they're at different stages of their life? How do you think about it?
0: Um, there are some things that you kind of have to keep in mind when you are exploring with two different cats at two different life stages. Um, with Lynx, we try to keep things very mellow almost mainly because of his um, not so much because of his age but because of his medical conditions and one of them being a heart condition well we don't want to expose him to things that are too loud or things that are that would like startle him quite easily just because we're aware that you know because of his heart so we try to keep things very light and mellow and still fun, but nothing too adventurous. We feel that with Kitty, because she's used to being around crowds and used to doing a bit more, um, like, what would be the word to use, a bit more energetic things, um, since she was younger, we kind of take her on, a, on more, um, I guess, I guess I wouldn't want to use the word exciting because, you know, Lynx gets to do a lot of exciting things too, but I guess a bit more exciting things when it comes to her. So when you have two different cats too with two different age groups and two different um, health conditions, it can get a little bit challenging, but you can still do the same activity, but in different levels. So with links if we take we do take both of them to the park or the trails that are close to our home with him sometimes we would just you know pitch um like a tent or like a day shade he would like to just hang out there he'll go wander around eat some grass walk around with her she like likes to walk a bit more further maybe chase bugs things like that um so he's a little bit. I guess, calmer in a way. Uh, maybe it comes with his age. But um, sometimes it is challenging to kind of take them to the same place, but make sure they're both enjoying it at the same time.
2: No, I totally get what you're saying there. And it's a similar experience for to Lumos and Noxi, even though they're at the same age. Um, they're just different temperaments. So this helps when you have two people. So, so on a trail, Hasara and I, We'll take Loomis and Noxy, and I'll take Lumos because he's a chill, calm cat who doesn't really like walking on the trail. So I'll just carry him in the backpack throughout the whole, tr- most of the trail. Whereas Noxie loves to be on the trail, walking on the leash, running, sprinting up and down, smelling things. So Sarah will take her, and usually they'll be, you know, some distance ahead of us because ahead of Loomis and I because Noxie sprinted down the trail, found something to sniff at, stopped, sniffed at it, and then sprinted again. Whereas Lumos and Noxie will bring up from behind slowly, leisurely, you know, at her own pace and just walk Um, and enjoy the sights and sounds. So I totally get that. And that's how we manage different experiences Uh, at the same time at a cafe. So Lumos loves getting cats, uh, cats, pets at a cafe, whereas Noxie likes to, you know, she's a bit more energetic, a little bit like Kitty Kitty Mojito. And so she'll like to jump out of the backpack and really go walking around sniffing. So I'll stay with Limos and he'll get his pets from passers-by, whereas Noxy will jump out of the backpack and then start going sniffing around and finding things and looking for interesting places to jump into and a little bit of mischief. <laughs> so that's how we sort of manage those different experiences. And it does definitely help when you have more than one person to help manage, you know, more than one cat.
0: Yes, definitely.
2: So Zafrina, we're coming up towards the end of the podcast and before we let you go, we would like to ask you our final four questions that we ask all our guests. The first question is, what is one piece of advice you'd give to new cat explorers?
0: Well, my advice would be more than one piece, but I'll try and put it all together, is um, that when you want to start exploring with your cat, just be patient. Patience is such a huge um, part of exploring with your cat because not every cat will respond to things the way you want, or maybe your previous cat responded to it in the same way, but your new cat is different. Each cat is different. So take your time, be patient and practice. Um, You cannot go wrong with just practicing at home, practice wearing your leash, practice wearing your harness, um, things, little things like that. If you keep doing them consistently, you'll end up with a great cat explorer. So with time, practice, and be consistent in your training. You'll, you'll do great.
2: Now that's some great advice. Second question, what's been the most entertaining comment someone said to you while you've been out and about with Kitty Mahita or Lynx?
0: There have been many comments. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they were entertaining, but (laughs) there have been, people are just surprised, Um, especially when we go on our art walks. People are just fascinated by a cat in a bag. So we've been stopped many times. Um, I guess the most interesting thing that's happened to us while we've been out is we've had a lady chase us down the street Um, because she kind of got a flash of pink walking by, like a little bubble bag, and she literally chased me down the street and held me down and wanting to know where I got the bag from, what's in the bag, what is this cat doing in the bag, why is she in the bag? She had so many questions. But I think that would be the most interesting thing that's happened to us. Um, But in general, people are just fascinated. As to why we would take a cat out.
2: So which cat explorers inspire you?
0: Oh, there's a lot of cat explorers that um, inspire me. One of the main ones, I guess, would be Suki Cat. Um, She's really, really famous. And she's traveled all over the world. Um, There's also Great Grams of Gary, who is a local kitty who lives... Uh, close to the Canadian Rockies here in Alberta and he goes on amazing um, adventures on the lakes and he kayaks and things like that so he's one of our other favorite um, cat explorers. We also enjoy following um, theoretically Teddy as well as the Gibson Chronicles. They both have um, on great adventures. And some of the other ones on Instagram, um, Siberian Reinhardt has amazing pictures of um, exploring Millie, the cat explorer. There's a lot of cat explorers that we follow and we love seeing all their amazing pictures. But um, definitely those ones are some of the ones that inspire us.
2: Some great cat explorers there and some of them who are previous guests of the podcast. Now, Mm -hmm. Final question. What product, service, or program has been a game changer for Kitty Mojito or Lynx?
0: By far, the best um, investment I've made is getting them their backpacks and their strollers. Because especially the backpack, I find that it just opened so many doors in terms of taking them out. Um, I would usually have, you know, like a regular carrier before, but... Since getting the backpack, it's just been so much easier, not just for Katie and Lynx, but also for me, because physically, sometimes it's hard for me to carry um, your standard carrier. But with the backpack, it's so much better for my back, and it's so much more comfortable, and I can do much more fun things with them. Um, So that's definitely been the game changer for us.
2: Zafrina, it's been lovely to hear about Kitty Mojito and Links. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we find you and your kitties online?
0: You can find us on Instagram. Um, our handle is at Kitty Mojito. So Mojito is spelled M O J I T O. We're usually very active on Instagram, and we love to hear from. Um, other cat explorers as well as anybody who wants to try cat exploring i'm sure we can give you some tips and tricks some um, to make your experiences awesome
2: so we'll put those links as well as a summary of today's conversation in the show notes just go to the episode description on your podcast app and the link will be there thank you so much for listening today did you know that leaving a review of the cat explorer podcast helps to continue this podcast the reviews help us find sponsors and they help fund this podcast so it would mean the world to us if you could leave a review wherever you listen. We'll read it out on a future episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.